Let's, uh, let's pause for just a second say a prayer, and then we'll get the show on the road. Let us pray. O oh, Almighty God and Eternal Father, now that you have assured us of the completion of our redemption through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, give us the will to show forth in our lives what we profess with our lips. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right. Um, so, to start off, what are your questions? What happened? Oh, good, you don't know. <laughs> did you read? Did, it have, did anybody read ahead? You did, okay. All right, so, okay, some of you did, okay. Well, don't spoil it for anybody, okay? Go ahead, Marilyn. What significance does the dog have? Well, let's, let's, let's wait for just a second. Some people don't know there's a dog yet, so... <laughs> Let's just hold on for just a minute, um, and then we'll ask that question, okay? Good. Um, let's do this. Let's review. So last week we got through about the first three chapters, I think, maybe. We were just flying. Um, so let's, let's talk about what, what happened so far. What are the key, the key parts of the plot at this point? Who are the characters? Tobit. That was that one doesn't give you any points because it's the name of the book. Anna, okay, and Tobias, okay, good. Now, how have things been for Tobit? Not good. What kind of things have happened? He's blind, lost his money. Yep. Okay. So, and now, you, do you remember how you all reacted when Tobit? Became blind? Oh, you all giggled. Okay. Um, and Krista, you had said this is an actual thing. I looked it up. So you remember how this happened? How did he how did he become blind? Okay, let's in fact let's let's just just to put that put it in context, why was he sitting leaning against the wall where the sparrows were? He was unclean because he was burying the dead, which was a thing that he did routinely. And this time when he had buried the dead, um, what was the situation? What were the circumstances under which he buried? That's right. And um, how did he find out that there were dead that needed burying? Do you remember? Anybody? That's right. That's right. And he got in trouble for that because people tattled on him. Um, but then his cousin came into power. Remember, Tobit's cousin came into power. And then he got back together with his family. And then they were having dinner, right? Sitting down to dinner. And what did he tell his son to do? Do you remember what did Tobit tell Tobias to do? Go out and bring people to dinner. What kind of people? Poor, poor. poor people. Okay. Um, and... When Tobias went out, he said, look, there's a body that needs to be buried. So Tobit got up from the meal, stopped the meal, goes and buries the body. He's leaning against, he, okay, so now he's unclean. And uh, then the sparrow, the sparrow's droppings fall in his eyes and he's blinded. A white film goes over his eyes. Now there's this, I, so I was trying to figure out if this is, what exactly is going on here, whether there's a medical thing or not. And there, I found one disease that's related to bird droppings in your eyes. But it's actually, it doesn't come, it doesn't come from, Droppings in your eyes, you inhale, like the, there's a fungus. They're, bird droppings are just not good generally. Like, they carry like 60 different parasites, so don't, 
wash your kids' hands, that kind of stuff. Um, but but there's, this, there's this disease that um, was doc- is documented that um, you actually comes from inhaling the, the, the fungus and then your eyes go bad later. But it, you can see how there's a connection. There's an obvious connection. People knew that droppings were not good. So what, remember how this went? He was burying the dead, which made him unclean. And then he was blinded. And in the process of being blinded, it was... He was made more unclean, right? Things got, went from bad to worse, right? And all because, what's the cause of all of Tobit's uh, bad fortune? Helping others. His righteousness. Okay, this is really important to remember, um, that Tobit has been doing these righteous deeds. Now, you all were a bit skeptical of Tobit last week. What were some, do you remember what some of your skepticisms were? You thought, you thought maybe he was too proud. Too proud. Um, somebody had a good phrase for it, too proud. Um, nobody else can be righteous except for him. Why did, do you remember why, that, why you thought that, whoever thought that? <laughs> Marilyn. Okay. So the person that she was working for gave her a lamb in addition to her wages. Right. And Tobiah was really, Tobiah was really upset because she thought it was stolen and I was like, how dare somebody give us charity? I don't need somebody's charity. That's, at least that's the way it sounded, right? And, and, and I think that there's some ambiguity there. We don't really know. I think we find out a great more, much more about... Um, Tobit's character in the next, next section here. Uh, but he brings home, she brings home a kid. He accuses her of stealing it. She says, she just lets him have it, right? Um, where's, where are your works of charity at this point? Nothing, you know, um, can't you even accept this one little, one little act of kindness? And so you, you were suspicious that maybe Tobit, um, he was the only one that could be righteous, right? Um, or he wasn't, wasn't interested in um, receiving charity, but only giving it. Um, Okay, everybody following so far? He was, and you me- and so do you remember one one of the signs of his his wealth? What was this? What was the thing that happened early on in the story? Uh, well, that's exactly right. So um, he gave more than ten percent, in fact, right? He took he when he went to Jerusalem. He now this is why we were suspicious of Tobit. He would go to Jerusalem. Nobody else in the tribe of Naphtali would go. He but he went. And um, not only did he give you 10% to the priests and 10% as a tithe, but he would, sell, he would use 10% of his money to buy stuff in Jerusalem. So, as, I mean, he was giving away all kinds of money. Um, so these very righteous deeds, but we're wondering whether he um, is really righteous or just putting on a show. Okay. Any other questions? Surely. Okay. So, is, this, is the whole tribe very poor? No. Where he stands above everybody? This is good. Um, so, everybody's in exile. The Assyrians have taken everybody into exile. So, things are not great for everybody. But, um, Tobit has had this sort of rocky path where he comes into favor, he goes out of favor, comes back into favor. Just like we find out like with guys like Daniel, when they're in, in Babylonian exile. right? So, he comes into favor, but then th- there are these conspirators who say, we don't want, he, you know, we don't like him, let's trap him, get him in trouble, 
and then he, then he survives, right? Um, and, but the key here, the key here is that um, when he is on the decline, it's because of, I, sh- I cannot talk and write at the same time, because of his righteousness. Okay? Okay. All right. Any questions? Where did we, what was the end of, what, what, where did we end? Do you remember? He wanted to die. He said this prayer. And, and I, I mean, again, it's kind of ambiguous how we should feel about Tobit when he prays this prayer because he prays, he prays for death. Um, in chapter 3, And he says, this is the first part of chapter 3. Righteous are you, O Lord, all your deeds and your ways are mercy and truth, and you render true and righteous judgment forever. Look favorably upon me, don't punish me for my sins. Better, for it is better for me to die than to live, because I have heard false reproaches, and great is the sorrow within me. Now, this, uh, this is something I wanted to talk about a bit. Um, what, is, what, is a, what does the word reproach mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, to be a- accused, uh, re- rebuked, um, and for for Tobit, it's especially um, upsetting because the reproaches are false. Now this is this is um, thematic in the Psalms. Can you think of Psalms, just generally speaking, that talk about being falsely accused? Yeah. Um, and, and where do we hear these psalms applied? I mean, these are terrible questions, but go ahead and... Uh, you mean like in Old Testament New Testament? Maybe. Maybe that's what I mean. Yeah, perfect. That, okay, it wasn't such a bad question after all. Okay, <laughs> Psalm 22. Take a look at, if you have, do you have Bibles? Do we need to get Bibles out here? Let's do that real quick. Okay, Ellen, you good? Okay, all right, Psalm 22. This you know from Good Friday. We have this beautiful, beautiful rendition of it that's sung, or sorry, Monday Thursday during the stripping of the altar, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, but let's find where it talks about reproach. So look at, um, starting with verse 6. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. So, now this is, this is a great, uh, this is, applies directly to what's going on in Tobit. Now, as we think about Jesus, right, what were, the, what were the, the, mock, the mockings that he endured while he was on the cross? What were the things that people said about him? The same. Many of the same. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, when, when specifically, what kind of things did they say? If you're Christ, come down off the cross. Yeah. Yeah. If you're the Son of God, save yourself. It. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. He saved others. Let him save himself. Right. Um, and so it's particularly um, hurtful to a person of who trusts in God when somebody accuses him of. Uh, having misplaced his trust, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that then calls into question God's favor, right? Uh, take a look at uh, Psalm 69. 
this gets even more explicit. Um, we were we read this. Remember when we did the um, the words of Jesus on the cross? I thirst, right? Um, they gave me poison for food, and, it, and for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. Um, verse nineteen. You know my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My foes are all known to you. There's another verse that I'm looking for. Let not those who hope in you be put to shame. Yeah. Right. Let not those who hope in you be put to shame through me. Because it seems like, God, you are not doing what you said you would do for me, but let not not harm the faith of others. Um, verse 6. And uh, it, uh, verse 7. It, for it is... For your sake that I have borne reproach, that dishonor has covered my face. Right, And this is, um, this is the key insight of the cross. That on the cross, um, the abandonment, the forsakenness of Jesus is God demonstrating his faithfulness. Holly, you have a question? Um, well, or a comment? No, in fact, David usually asks for the opposite. He says, the death of his enemies. Yeah, he, so he asks for the death that made, made their children be dashed against stones, right? Um, and in fact, he says, if you let me die, how can I praise you? Who can, who, if, I, if my soul goes down to the grave, I'm not going to be around to praise you anymore, right? Um, so David usually prays the opposite. Um, but uh, notice the similarity in the affliction, right? So why is Tobit... Falsely reproached. What is the false reproach that Tobit is suffering? Oh, you could just say, what's the good of what you're doing? That's right. Anna, Anna levels it at him, right? She's the one who, who um, speaks, just like, just like Job's wife, right? Speaks the same, saying, where are your righteous deeds now? So, um, it, so at this point, I, you know, I have this great sympathy for Tobit because he's enduring this false reproach, right? He has done righteous deeds and he hasn't, he's not lamenting the fact that he's suffering on account of them. His lament is the false reproach that he's suffering, right? That God's name is being, that, that, that works of charity, the works of kindness are being um, put to shame because of his suffering, right? Um, which, is, which is not unlike the, um, what is said in Psalm 69 when, when he says, let not others, what, what was it, verse 6, let not those who hope in you be put to shame through me. Um, so you could see you could see his prayer for death in a charitable light, right? So um, better if I die than to, to live and continue bearing reproach on account of God, bearing God, bringing reproach to God. Um, but but we talked about this last week. Um, the prayer for death is kind of uh, um, it's he doesn't know he doesn't know what what good God has yet in store for him. And, there's a, and I'll just tell you, God does not answer his prayer, okay? He doesn't answer his prayer in the affirmative, okay? Everybody on board? Okay, we shift gears now. So this is a dynamic story. Um, we have the scene set with Tobit and his fate. And then, verse 7, we meet somebody else. Um, let me just read a little bit. On the same day, at Ekbatana in Media... Let me just show you where Ekbatana is. That's, those are my kids. Uh, oh, we should... Uh, okay, hang on. 
So I'm just going to show you where Equitan is, and then we're going to look at that Rembrandt. So Nineveh is up there. That's where they are exiled under the Assyrians. Ecbatana is here. Here's the Tigris River. This will become important later. Look, it's right by Nineveh. So when you journey to Ecbatana, um, you, you first you cross the Nineveh, or Tigris River. Okay? And Egypt's way down there. Okay? So uh, I, you, I gave you the, uh, that picture of the Rembrandt so you could look at it a little bit more closely. Is there anything, I just, just because I, it's such a neat picture, I think. Uh, remarkable picture. Is there anything, about, anything else about that painting that you want to comment on? I mean, one of the things that we saw is um, you could see the, the accusatory look in Anna's face and Tobit is very pious. And there's the dog. Okay. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Except he's kind of got patches on his, on his knee, doesn't he? This, Rembrandt painted this before he was 20 years old. Yeah. Okay, I didn't have anything particular to say about it. I just wanted you to have a closer look. I felt like I, I, felt like I gypped you last week. Okay. Swear, okay, verse 7. I'm sorry. On that same day at Ecbatana in Media, it also happened that Sarah, daughter of Raguel, was reproached by her father's maids because she had been given to seven husbands and the evil demon Osmodeus had slain each of them before he had been with her as his wife. So the maid said to her, Do you not know that you strangle your husbands? You already have had seven and have had no benefit from any of them. Why do you beat us? If they are dead, go with them. May we never see a son or daughter of yours. So things are not good for Sarah. Um, and there's a lot going on there. So what's, uh, and, we, and you kind of have to pick it apart a little bit there. What's Sarah's problem? She's got an evil spirit who, who, has, a particu- who has a name, Asmodeus. And what does Asmodeus do? Kills her husbands. How many of them? Which is a, um, a significant number. I mean, just li- like in terms of being large, but also um, before she's ever been with them. So she has no benefit from them, no heir. She, she, the marriages had, have, nev- have never happened, right? Um, seven husbands. Okay. And why are her maids reproaching her? Yeah, why do they care? Well, that's true. Although the, their curse is terrible. She's beating them. Okay. So now, so does this remind you of what happened with Tobit? She's beating her maids. I mean, you don't, can't blame her. She, seven husbands, dead, right? I mean, that, not to condone beating your maids, but... Um, what is, so if Tobit, he levels, he mistreats Anna, right? He says, you stole, this, you stole this kid, and then she strikes him where it hurts the most. She's beating her maids, and they strike her where it hurts the most, right? Seven husbands. Um, they're all dead. May you never have any children, right? It's terrible. Um, 
What does this re- does this remind you of anything? Any other stories in the Bible? Right. So there's Hannah um, gets made fun of. So this happens frequently, actually. Um, Hannah and her wife, her her husband's other wife, Penina. So Hannah goes to the temple and prays. Um, Rachel and Leah are kind of the same sort of thing, right? Yeah, right. And and Sarah gets into gets into all kinds of trouble because she tries to manipulate things, make things happen. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It does sound a lot like this. I mean, so what, how does the question go? A man had a, a man took a wife and he died without. She didn't have any children. And then his brother took her because now this you maybe know that don't know this. It's called the the Leveret Law of Marriage. So um, this is applied all over the place in the Bible. Ruth is a great example of it. If you were married and you didn't have any kids by your husband and your husband died, your next, his next of kin um, bore the responsibility for marrying you. And it would be, in, in, so, um, it would be, he would be fulfilling the obligation for his brother. So, so for instance, his brother, he would be um, acting on behalf of his brother. It wouldn't be his. So this becomes important in the story of Judah and Tamar. Um, do you know, do you know, remember this story? This one's, this one's, okay. Let's see if we can do this quickly here. Um, Judah, one of the 12 sons of Jacob, right? Right, Judah's, Judah's very important. In this story, we, uh, there's a whole other thing. Okay, we'll talk about it another time. Um, he has three sons. Ur, can't remember the other guy, and Onan. And Ur is married to Tamar. Ur did evil in the sight of God, and so Ur got killed. And then Onan uh, said, I don't want to have kids on behalf of my brother. So he didn't, and he got killed. And then the third son, I wish I could remember his name. Um, he was a young guy at the time too young, and Judah was afraid that he would also die, because there's a, there's a pattern forming here, right? Um, but it was his responsibility, was, it was Judah's responsibility to make sure that Tamar married this son, son number three, okay? Um, and he didn't do it. Do you, remember, do you remember? He didn't do it, so Tamar tricked him. Yeah. I mean, this is, you, you can't make this stuff up, right? <laughs> She dressed up as a prostitute. Judah comes along the road. She, sed- she, she doesn't really seduce him. He, sh- he just says, okay. And then um, he give- she gives him, he says, he says, I'll pay you with a goat later. And she says, what do you- give, me a- give me some sort of a sign. And so he gives her his staff and his cloak, I think, or in a signet ring, right? And um, he comes back to pay her with the goat. She's not there. And then later, Judah finds out that Tamar is pregnant. And he says, Burner, his reaction is like instantaneous. Burner, and then he says, then she says, she comes along and she's it's this brilliant move, right? She comes along and she says, let the man who's who, to whom this belongs let him take responsibility for this. And Judah says, 
you are more righteous than I am, right? It's one of the, so what's so important about that story is how Judah is sort of a turning point in Judah's life where he becomes, where he repents. Seldom do we see people actually repent in the Bible. Judah repents. Okay, but, the, but that illustrates this, the way this leveret marriage works and how, how kind of complicated it is. Okay, everybody on board? Does it make sense? Shayla, thank you. Shayla. Okay. And, and, and so you can see how, I mean, that was only two husbands and they were afraid Shayla was going to bite the dust. Seven guys. Um, and then, then this story comes up in the, in the New Testament then, in a version, right? So what, what, about, what about the, whose wife will she be in heaven, in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus, what's Jesus' response? Yeah. You, you neither know the scriptures nor the power therein. In, in heaven, there's, there's no giving in marriage or being married, right? Um, and they, what they were trying to do, of course, so he gives that kind of an answer to people who are trying to trick him, right? Are trying to catch him in a trap. Um, okay. Are there any other stories? Okay. I, I, the, the story of the woman at the well comes to mind, but her husbands weren't dead. There were five of them. And the man she's living with now is not her husband. So it may, it's probably not connected, but it comes to mind. Okay. And, and this number seven is significant. What is, just generally, what does the number seven signify? Perfection, com, full, uh, fulfillment, completeness. Okay? Here we go. Verse 10. When she heard these things, she was deeply grieved, even to the thought of hanging herself. She's just like Tobit. But she said, I am the only child of my father. If I do this, it will be a disgrace to him. Note, I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but notice how important disgrace, honor, reproach, shame, these things are in the, all in the balance, right? Um, they want to die, not when they're suffering, but when they're, when they're being reproached. And she does, she's, wants to die, but she can't because it would disgrace her father, right? Okay. So, and I shall bring his old age down in sorrow to Hades. So she prayed by her window and said, Blessed are you, O Lord my God, and blessed is your holy and honored name forever. May all your works praise you forever. And now, O Lord, I have turned my eyes and my face toward you. Command that I be released from the earth and that I hear reproach no more. You know, O Lord, that I am innocent of any sin with man and that it did not stain my name or the name of my father in the land of my captivity. I am my father's only child and he has no child to be his heir no near kinsman or son for whom I should keep myself as wife. Already seven husbands of mine are dead. What should, why should I live? But if it not be pleasing to you to take my life, command that respect be shown to me and pity be taken upon me and that I hear reproach no more. So you see, you, you, I mean, her, her prayer is kind of like Tobit's. It's, I mean, in the same, um, the same impetus for her prayer. Um, and her reasoning is pretty sound, right? There's, she says she has no near kinsman. There's nothing left for her. It's like, um, it's like Ruth. Naomi says, Naomi and Ruth are going to go back, and there's, Naomi says, what, what are you going to, am I going to have another son, and then you're going to, then you're going to marry him? There's nobody for you to, to marry. And then it, it turns out Boaz is a, his, her redeemer, okay? Any questions? Yes.
Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's notable also that, so um, people often, anthropologists often talk about the difference between a guilt culture and a shame culture. And maybe you've heard this before. Um, so in a guilt culture, you measure your standing based against some objective code, right? Have I, have I done what I'm supposed to do? In a shame culture, you measure yourself based on how others regard you. Do people think I've do think people think I'm all right? Okay, um, especially you know with our ideal ideologies of independence and uh, liberty and democracy. It's and going back to the Enlightenment, guilt culture has been sort of transcendent. Um, you're if you're if you're a criminal, it's because you broke the law, not because you're a shameful person, right? But Notably, in recent history, there's been this strong transition towards um, a shame-oriented culture. And one of the ways we see it is, if you heard these stories about, so for instance, there was this, there was this woman who was, um, she took these joke ph- photographs all the time with her friends. Um, and the one photograph she took, um, a selfie, right, well, uh, her pointing at a sign, dis- disobeying the sign, and it, I can't remember what the sign was, but it was something that was, it was, it was, she shouldn't have been joking about it. But she posted it on Twitter. She got on an f- overnight flight to go across the ocean. And when she got to the other side of the ocean, she had lost her job and was all over the Internet about it and was all over the news about it because um, people took up, took up the cause of shaming her, right? Shaming her straight. I mean, she couldn't live a normal life anymore because of that one photograph that she took, right? Um, and uh, this, is, this is becoming more and more common because it's, it's when you, when you had globalization, right, if you, wanted, if you were ashamed, you could just go somewhere else, right? But now you can't go anywhere else, right? Um, and so you start to see the power of, uh, the power of shame. Now, it's, it's also important because this is, um, this is biblical language too, right? God talk, the Bible talks to us about guilt and about sin and about righteousness as sort of objective things. And, and God's Ten Commandments are objective uh, standards, but when you're, when you're um, a part of the people of Israel, when you are a member of the family, you don't worry about um, you know, breaking the rules and being an outcast. You worry about embarrassing your parents, right? Putting your parents to shame, disgracing your parents, right? And, um, and, and so for, for us as Christians, really that's, I mean, the law, God's law accuses us and we say we acknowledge that we're poor, miserable sinners. But more prevalent in our lives as Christians is, um, is our relationship to God as our loving Father, right? And so when we sin, it's not, yes, we're breaking his, breaking his law, but more importantly, we're acting like we're not his child, right? We're putting him to shame. We're, uh, he's suffering reproach on account of us, right? Um, so it's, it's important to, have both, to both, have both of these in mind. Does this make sense, everybody? Following? Okay. Let's see what happens next. Now, this is a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear it, plug your ears. Verse 16. The prayer of both was heard in the presence of the glory of the great Raphael, God's healer. God, God heals. That's what his name means. And he was sent to heal the two of them, to scale away the white films from Tobit's eyes 
to give Sarah, daughter of Raguel, in marriage to Tobias, son of Tobit, and to bind Asmodeus the evil demon, because Tobias was entitled to possess her. At that very moment, Tobit returned and entered his house, and Sarah, daughter of Raguel, came down from her upper room. Okay? So the stage has been set. How is this going to work out? How is this going to happen? Um, and, and there we get this bit of information. To, she says, there's nobody left for me to marry. There's somebody left. It's Tobias. Okay? Everybody good? Let's keep going. On that day, Tobit remembered the money that he had left in trust with Gabael at Ragus in Media, and he said to himself, I have, I have asked for death. Why do I not call my son Tobias that I may explain to him before I die? So he called him and said, now pay close attention to what Tobit says. My son, if I die, bury me and do not neglect your mother. Honor her all the days of your life. Do what is pleasing to her and do not grieve her. Remember, my son, that she faced many dangers for you while you were yet unborn. When she dies, bury her beside me in the same grave. So first we have all this stuff about burial, right? Do this. This is important. Remember the Lord our God all your days, my son, and refuse to sin or transgress his commandments. Live uprightly all the days of your life and do not walk in the ways of wrongdoing. For if you do what is true, your ways will prosper through your deeds. Now, what's remarkable about that? Yeah, and, and Tobit, is, Tobit is the poster child for the fact that it's not true, right? How, how can he say this? How can he, this, is a, this is the question. How can he say this? If you do what is true, your ways will prosper through your deeds. He's a miserable person. Yeah, but he's not saying that he will okay. 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 That, now that's interesting. Um, I suspect there is something there. Uh, I'd have to flesh out what if, if, if the word ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So the prosperity that Tobit is talking about here is evidently not immediate fulfillment of all of Tobias's desires, right? Wealth and health and fame and all these things, right? It's not that. It's not even that he won't be reproached or suffer shame because Tobit can't claim that for himself. He's, been, he's done works of righteousness all his days and here he is suffering everything that he um, should not suffer on account of righteousness. And so the prosperity that he's talking about has to be something, um, something transcendent, something at a, at a different level. And, th- and, and so this is where I think we can, we can sort of clinch our um, perspective on Tobit. For him to say this to his son is, uh, is remarkably faithful, right? If anybody's going to be bitter, it's going to be Tobit. And yet he's saying to his son, do good deeds and you will prosper. Your ways will prosper, Okay. Give alms from your possessions to all who live uprightly, and do not let your eye begrudge the gift when you make it. Do not turn your face away from any poor man, and the face of God will not be turned away from you. If you have many possessions, make your gift from them in proportion. If few, do not be afraid to give anything, to give according to the little you have. 
so you will be laying up a good treasure for yourself against the day of necessity. For charity delivers from death and keeps you from entering the darkness. And for all who practice it, charity is an excellent offering in the presence of the Most High. So anything that strikes you there. Lay up treasure. Where do we hear that? Yeah. Um, in fact, it sounds just like Jesus, right? Um, Luke, 11, or Luke 12, let me, I'll just read to you real quick. You know this, um, but, but hear how similar it sounds. Luke 12, 33. Fear not, little flock, 32, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give it to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay? So it sounds like Jesus, or Jesus sounds like Tobit. Um, what else? Anything else remarkable? I can't help but thinking it sounds Catholic. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Right. So um, it it all depends on what 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 this treasure does, right? So if this treasure takes the place of Jesus, then we've gone wrong, okay? But if Jesus is there, and then you're storing up treasure uh, because you love Jesus, then it's great. Then everything Tobit says is fantastic, and we should listen to him, okay? Because and and this is, I mean, think about this. Uh, as with so many things, um, it's just hard to believe, right? It's hard to believe that giving away your possessions is going to um, is storing up treasure for yourself in heaven, because all you see is your possessions going away, right? And then, if you're like Tobit, you suffer reproach on account of it, because then you're poor, and people say, "Well, where's your God now?" Right? It's really hard to believe that. Um, and it, it, this is why uh, it's, a, it's a message for us to hear all the time, because as we're pressed into the image of Jesus, um, he, it's, it's faith, it's trust that, that finally makes this possible, not, not because it makes any sense, not because we, we can see the outcomes, right? Okay, anything else? There's, no, there's nothing that really strikes me. Listen to this. For charity delivers from death, and keeps you from entering the darkness. Now, Tobit is saying this, who has just prayed that he's going to die and who has entered into the darkness because he's blind, right? So he's even saying, he's even saying, um, he's talking about, he's using these images that pertain specifically to his life, but he's saying that this not, it's not going to be true of Tobias because he's talking about it in a different plane, a different level. It's not, it's not about blindness or the death of his, his, his flesh, right? It would be, Charity will deliver him from death and keep him from entering into darkness, meaning love, love is, the, is the fulfillment of God's law, right? Love is the fulfillment of God's command. Okay. Let's keep going. So now, that he said all these things to Tobias, and he goes on. Beware, my son, of all immor- immorality. First of all, take a wife from among the descendants of your father's and do not marry a foreign woman. So this has been important. Remember, um, Tobit and Anna are related. And he says, um, uh, marry somebody in the family. Keep, keep, the na- keep, our, keep our people um, holy, pure before God, right? Um, and this, of course, 
this is a really, this takes on, on a new dimension in the New Testament, right? Because who are the people of Israel in the New Testament? Who are the people who are the sons of Abraham? Your sons of Abraham by... Yeah, the Gentiles even. God can raise up children for Abraham from these stones. And he does it uh, by faith. You are sons of Abraham by faith. And so, um, it was in order to preserve the promise, um, it was so important for the people of Israel to, to keep, keep family close. And this is why it was always terrifying when, for instance, Judah didn't seem like he was going to have a grandson, right? And then he did by this really bizarre way. Um, because... Uh, the family needed to keep going in order for the promise to be fulfilled. Tobit is all about this. Um, Do not marry a foreign woman who is not of your father's tribe, for we are the sons of the prophets. Remember, my son, that Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our fathers of old, all took wives from among their kinsmen. They were blessed in their children, and their posterity will inherit the land. So now, my son, love your brothers, and in your heart do not disdain your brothers and the sons and daughters of your people by refusing to take a wife for yourself from among them. For in pride there is ruin and great confusion, and in shiftlessness there is loss and great want, because shiftlessness is the mother of famine. I don't know. What does shiftlessness mean? Idleness. Okay, good. All right, perfect. Lewdness. Okay. Whatever it is, is not good. Do not hold over till the next day the wages of any man who works for you, but pay him at once. And if you serve God, you will receive payment. Watch yourself, my son, in everything you do, and be disciplined in all your conduct. And what you hate, do not do to anyone. Sounds like the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What you hate, do not do to anyone. Do not drink wine to excess or let drunkenness go with you on your way. Give the bread... Give of your bread to the hungry and of your clothing to the naked. Sounds like Jesus again. Uh, he says to the sheep and goats, You fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You visited me when I was in prison. Give all your surplus to charity and do not let your eye begrudge the gift when you make it. Now this, pay really close attention here. Place your bread on the grave of the righteous, but give none to sinners. This is where Jesus deviates from the Old Testament. Right. So he's, he's measuring it um, in, in external ways, right? So is this person, does this person behave righteously? Are they a part of the community? Now, what does Jesus say? Who should you, who should you love and be kind to? And, yeah, and who is my neighbor? It's even that stinking Samaritan, right? Um, so, and Jesus, this is how Jesus talks about these values, these virtues. He says, you have heard it said, right? You've heard it said, but I say to you, right? You've heard it said, um, give your bread to the righteous, but don't give any to sinners. I say to you, give bread to everybody, right? Jesus takes the law and, and um, shows us that, it, shows us that he, he's the only one who can fulfill it, right? He's the only one who can, who can keep it, Okay. Seek advice from every wise man and do not despise any useful counsel. Bless the Lord on every occasion. Ask him that your ways may be made straight and that all your paths and plans may prosper. For none of the nations has understanding, but the Lord himself gives all good things and according to his will, he humbles whomever he wishes. Now, this was a long speech that Toba gives here. What did he, do you remember what he set out to say? 
What, what was the reason he called Tobias in the first place? To go get the money, right? Um, but first he has all of these important things to tell to- Tobias, right? First comes these virtues. First comes mercy, almsgiving, deeds of righteousness. And then, in this short little paragraph at the end, let's talk about the money. So, my son, remember my commands and do not let them be blotted out of your mind. And now, let me explain to you about the ten talents of silver that I left in trust with Gabael, son of Gabrias, at Ragus and Media. Do not be afraid, my son, because we have become poor. You have great wealth if you fear God and refrain from every sin and do what is pleasing in his sight. So Tobit's a pretty good guy, I think. I think we can say that pretty confidently. Yeah. Okay. Probably should stop there. Probably, I suppose. Yeah. Can you read after this book? I don't think I can, actually. <laughs> That's really hard for me to, difficult for me to read. Um, and this is, I'm, I'm so sorry that you have a different version in front of you. I know, I know. Um, I'll, let me see if I can come up with a better solution. Holly? In between, second or third century. So Malachi 4.30. Second or third century, this is written. Okay. But it's about the 700s. And then a couple hundred years later, Jesus comes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, so, I don't take... Li- don't, don't take lightly the fact that this was a part of Jesus' upbringing, this story, right? Um, uh, it, yeah, so it's not surprising that it, it's helpful to see the transitional this transitional material, right? Um, the the people who were returned from exile. You heard it. You heard Tobit say it. He said, "Our fathers um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who? What did he say about them? Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, and their posterity will inherit the land. It it hasn't happened yet, right? Um, they're still still counting on this, waiting for this to happen." Um, right now they're in exile, so that the fulfillment hasn't even happened yet, right? Um, uh, but that sets the context, right? They're, they're waiting for the redemption of Israel. This is, this is Sim, Simeon in the temple, right? Simeon, um, who sings the Nunc Dimittis, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, right? What had he been waiting for? It's, um, right. He, uh, so when Luke describes him, he says... Um, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, right? Which is such a brilliant thing because he's waiting for the consolation of Israel, and who comes into the temple? But the consolation of Israel himself, right? Um, it's great stuff. Okay. Any other questions? Um, I feel ba- so I feel bad about the, the version you have. Maybe next week I'll get you a copy of the English standard version that I'm reading, so you can follow along if you care to. Um, we're going slower than I was expecting, which is my fault, um, but are you okay with the pace? Okay, we, so the, the result may be that we don't read much of the Apocrypha. Uh, it's always next fall. Okay, great. We're, we're just going to keep going. <laughs> Yes, okay, so um, we're on chapter 5 of Tobit, okay. and 
at the, at the rate we're presently going, we'll probably get through two chapters next week. Okay. That's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Let's pray. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.